Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by none other than Brian Irwin, two-time state championship head football coach at the high school level at Lamarck. Uh, Brian uh, is uh, joining us each and every week uh, this year for Lunch with the Coach. We're going to talk a little Longhorn football, see uh, what he saw through his eyes that may be a little different than the majority of folks uh, out there. Uh, Brian, uh, you and I talked beforehand, and you want to start with the positives from this game. And you said it was the defense for you. No doubt. I mean, and there are a ton of positives. A win is a win. Um, I thought I thought our guys played extremely hard, uh, both sides of the ball, even in the third, you know, in the special teams. Uh, very proud of our, our of our team. Defensively, though, golly, I mean, uh, really impressed. Flying around, compressing space, uh, held them to just over a hundred yards. You know, when the starters were in there, uh, creating turnovers. We ended up plus three. We had two picks. Uh, you know, Jalen Ford, man, what a what a guy. You know, I mean, what what a player. And then, you know, uh, Austin Jordan gets a pick, and then we get the fumble recovery. So, uh, great job going plus three. Uh, that's what we're looking for. Uh, that's what we talked about last week when you know heading into this thing as far as what we're what we're wanting to see. Um, three and outs defensively. Uh, I think we were four of thirteen total for the game. But you know, heading into that last drive, I think we were probably giving up two of 11. So we're down there around that 20% conversion rate. Whereas last year, you know, we were well over 40% conversion rate. So defensively, just really impressed with the way our guys were flying around, compressing space, causing turnovers, fitting where they need to fit. And uh, we got a lot of potential right there. Other than Jalen Ford, any two or three guys really catch your attention? So that number 93 is not a bad player. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, Devondre Sweat, golly, he was just all over the place. I, you know, our safety's fitting, uh, our corners playing great. You know, Malik Muhammad had five tackles, I believe, something like that. Um, you know, Benda just he made a couple mistakes, but he's he's fitting, making plays. Uh, just our entire D line, just establishing dominance and 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 moving that line of scrimmage backwards. I felt like we got pressure on the quarterback. They could not run the football out against us. We gave up like 1.1 yards per carry. Uh, just, you know, overall just a great team situation. Derek Williams, the freshman, uh, looked phenomenal. Um, so, you know, we got tons of depth. Guys are running to the football. We're physical. And great things are going to happen when, when you do that. Uh, Sark uses the term populate the football. Uh, you know, my that's term, an old coaching term. My term, my term is compressed space, and and we we compress space. You take the air out of those gaps, and and you move that line of scrimmage, and and you defeat blocks. You don't only defeat blocks, but you move those guys back six inches a foot, and you just compress the the mess out of space, and there's nowhere to go. And you add that with the team speed that we got. Um, that this defense is going to be able to carry this football team when the offense is not clicking. You think so? That's a, a great comment i got it i before i go to the next point i was ready to go to the, my next point but it, you just said something at the very end there that i need to uh, respond to you think the defense has that kind of capability at this point based on what you've seen i know it's only one game yeah but you did get to the thing about defense is the personnel is not going to change no. and a lot of defense is personnel first and foremost mm -hmm. do you think that the personnel is there for this to be a big 12 championship caliber defense I do, especially after watching the Big 12 this week, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, you know, watching LSU and watching some of these other guys also, we're 
I think I think from a speed standpoint and a, and a, and a physicality standpoint, athleticism standpoint, we're right there. Definitely a top ten defense, in my opinion. Oh wow! So you think that that's that's just when's the last time Texas had a true top ten defense? And yeah. two years ago, they couldn't stop the run. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Ethan Burke, uh, comment on him because he was the the real newcomer of that defense, even more so than David Benda. Folks had seen uh, Benda a little bit last year. Your thoughts on his him replacing Ovi Agufu? He was active. He showed up. Uh, you know, he got pressure. Uh, he affected the quarterback. Um, he moved the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's just going to continue to get better and better. But he's a big, strong, uh, physical human being, and, and uh, I think he's just going to get better every single week. Got it. Uh, all right. Uh, speaking with Brian Irwin, uh, former head football coach at Lamarck Cougars, also at Flower Mountain. You were been, Brian. How many different head jobs did you have in your high school coaching career? I had uh, I had four, but uh, I started out when I was twenty six years old in Italy, Texas. Italy Gladiators, and I, I was actually 1995. I think I was the youngest head football coach in the state of Texas. At <laughs> there you go. All right, let's be with Brian Irwin uh, here on lunch with the coach. Uh, Brian, the other one that you just casually mentioned, but you said I want to talk at length about this because you, we talked about it last week, and you said, "Look, they have to be great on special teams. They've got the people there." What did you think of the special teams' performance? against Rice. Thought it was outstanding. And, you know, I got a couple comments from a couple of my buddies that, that are subscribers and follow the show. One of them, you know, he sent me a text. Ah, the first thing you're going to talk about is kickoff. And that, but, you know, and I told you I'm, I can be boring when it comes to that. And, and, and but when, you know what? Winning's not boring. All right. So you, you've got to be great in the kicking game. You've got to have a championship caliber kicker. He's going to have to make some kicks for you uh, to, to win or tie ball game late. You're going to have to have a punter that can punt it out of the 45, 50 yards and, 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 and dial that thing up because there's not an offensive play in the playbook that you can guarantee yourself 45 yards on besides a punt. Punt is not a bad play. And, and when you can move that thing down, you know, down the field 45, 50 yards, it's a great play. We did that. PAT is 100%. Field goals, we were 75%. I think we missed the 54-yarder. But uh, Bert Auburn, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again this week. He took a ton of pressure off of our football team heading into halftime. If he goes one of three on field goals and that thing's 10 to three at the half, it's real ugly. Okay. We know we weren't feeling great about things at half, but 16 to three, you're still pretty comfortable. You move the ball, you did some decent things. And, and he made all three of those field goals in the first half from uh, 27, 46, and 49. Those aren't chip shots. And so, um, you know, my hat's off to him. He's, he stepped up last year. He's stepping up already this year, uh, averaging 45 yards a punt uh, the other day, which is great. And and then, you know, I thought our kickoff coverage unit was was great. You know, a couple of them we kicked to the goal line. I don't know if we're doing that on purpose. I, I, I'm not quite sure. I think we are. I think we're, you know, hanging it up a little higher, kick it to the goal line, let's cover that thing. And boom, we're stoning them on the 14-yard line. And then the very next kickoff, Will Stone bombs it and it's, it goes through the end zone. So when you have that kind of uh, variability and you keep your opponent off off guard, uh, I think that's a that's a big thing. So yeah, I thought our special teams played outstanding. I think uh, X uh, Xavier got what one return for twenty one yards. He he got one opportunity. I like to see him get a little more, uh, and I think he will. Yeah, I, I was going to say they only had one really one opportunity. 
Keelan Robinson had one opportunity on a kick return, did not get out to the 20 yard line. Uh, My takeaway on that is the 45 yard punting from uh, Ryan Sanborn. We talked about this because Texas was in dire straits last year when Daniel Trejo came in and kind of saved the day. He had a good year. Not, he wasn't outstanding anything or anything, but he was Mm -hmm. absolutely solid in a big piece of the puzzle. Sanborn in his first outing, 45 yards a punt, and hang time was plenty, right? Yeah, and remember, those were championship numbers. That's that's what Georgia averaged last year, 45 yards a punt. So those are championship numbers. That's what we're looking for. Uh, that 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 whole thing about special teams coming out of the gun with that, and it can be boring as we want it to be, but I'm telling you, there's nothing boring about winning football games. And you have to be great in the kicking game, uh, both in your kicking specialist and also in your in your protection and your coverage unit. So uh, it's big time important. We know it is. We know Sark puts a great value on it. Jeff Banks does a great job bringing in Joe DeCamillas. Uh We know where it stands, and we know that we've got a great unit there. All right. I want to say thank you uh, to our sponsor. That's Laura Baker at Keller Williams Realty. Uh, Laura's with the Andy Allen team. If you're looking to move to or from Austin or within the city limits or around the Austin area, there's no better realtor in the Syntex region than Laura Baker at Keller Williams. Reach out to her at 512-784-0505. That's uh, Laura Baker, 512-784-0505. She's a good friend of, our, of the program uh, and a good Longhorn as well. All right, let's turn our attention now, Brian, to the offense, if you would. Okay, uh, this is an up-and-down unit. You were an offensive coach primarily, right? I mean, you're a head coach, but... You grew up on the offensive side of the ball, kind of. What would be your critique, your honest critique on the first and second halves in, in, in what you saw in general first? And then we're going to get into some specific plays that you have lined out. Um, still a little bit inconsistent. You know, we, last week we talked about let's, let's minimize these three and outs. Well, we start out with a three and out or four and out, you know, the first series of the game. And um, we could have – prevented that with just some basic execution. I think we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But, um, you know, the shots down the field, I'm still going to give Sark credit that he he, he knows what he's doing. He, he knows what he's after from a standpoint of setting up the next game or the next game or the next game with, with all these shots. Um, our opponents know going into it, Sark's that guy. He's a big game hunter. He's, he's going to take those shots. Did we force them in the first half the other day? Heck yes, we forced it. We, we took five, you know, were they there? A couple of them are there, uh, but but we forced those shots. And, you know, I, I'm a more, I like to, let's move the chains first. Let's move the chains. Let's keep this thing moving down the field. Let's keep momentum. Let's keep the snowball uh, rolling down the mountain. And, 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 you know, then we'll punch it in the end zone. But uh, so from that standpoint, we were just, Real hot and cold, real inconsistent because of the shots. Because anytime you take a shot and, and it's incomplete, now you're you're behind the chains, and so we got behind the chains quite a bit, and uh, and then also didn't convert a few times early. You know, we were only like one of five, I think, on third downs early, and and uh, that that slowed our momentum down as well. So we weren't great on third down as well. Yep, interesting. I, I, you, we, you and I talked about the the third down and the conversion rate. Uh, and also, we talked about the lack of three and outs. We didn't want to see that many uh, mm-hmm. this this year uh, mm-hmm. in comparison to what we've seen in years past. 
they actually only had two. They had Texas had 13 possessions on Saturday. Uh, only two of them went three and out, and actually both of them were four and outs. They were they both went to four and out. Um, is that kind of what you were talking about a little bit? Like, hey, let's let's make sure the ball just doesn't go directly back uh, to the opposition. Try to get them off the field a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, we know what's going to happen. It's football. That those guys are those guys are good players too. They're they're on scholarship as well. And it doesn't matter whether it's Rice or who. They're some good players. They we, we can't discredit Rice played hard. They've got a few good players. Uh, they're going to line up. If we miss a block, we leave somebody completely unblocked or. You know, we, we underthrow or overthrow a pass, they're going to get a stop. So, you know, the disappointing thing is it happened the first series of the game, kind of set the tone early on, put a bad taste in everybody's mouth. We have to settle for three field goals. We dropped a touchdown pass to Jonathan Brooke. You know, it just kind of put a little bit of a bad taste in our mouths, and, and we don't like to see it, but it wasn't all, it wasn't all bad. I mean, once we started clicking, throwing the RPO, throwing the intermediate routes to, to Xavier Worthy. I mean, we, we we threw and caught those well. Jordan Whittington, you know, the RPO to uh, A.D. Mitchell. Um, you know, I, I thought we did some great things in the passing game, but we took what was available to us and we were successful. Did we force the shots over the top? Probably. And Sark knows that, that we did that. Uh, uh, I don't think we'll waste as many downs this week. I think we'll take our shots. But it won't be five in the first half, I don't think. Got it. Uh, all right. I, I do want to ask you this because this is the the one of the plays. We talked about those three and outs, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and reality of it is, is is this third and three, the very first one of the game, uh, you want to talk about what Quinn did here that you found was a little bit difficult or not difficult, but but a little wrong, I guess is the, the best way to put it. You saw something that Quinn should have done and you want to cr- cr- uh, tell and explain to people why you think that. This is the very first third down, just to set it, of the entire game. We're not going to play the video because that, that would be wrong, but we can play or, or can show this uh, this uh, screenshot. What are your thoughts here, uh, Brian? Okay, so first of all, um, I, we picked this clip because we can't show videos, so we're going to show one clip. So I didn't show the formation, but we were in wide, basically wide trips right here to the, to the right-hand side. Uh, the side closest to us. You see where the yellow line is. That's that's uh, JT Sanders going across the formation. He started on this side. We were tight end trips over here. Well, first thing I want to talk about is you already see where Quinn's escaping. Okay, Quinn is escaping over the top this direction. And so from a gap escape standpoint, he's wrong. Is he getting pressure right here? Yes or no? No. There's zero pressure. Sit in the pocket. If you don't like what you're looking at, because he's looking over here to the right side, you don't like what you're looking at, then let's look back over to the left side. Because when you look back to the left side, you got one guy to be able to cover JT Sanders in the back swinging out of the backfield. And then you also have the receiver up top fixing a dig inside uh, just across the 40-yard line. He's going to be coming inside. So we've got three, we'll have three receivers in his line of vision if he looks back to the left side. So from a gap escape standpoint, when you get pressure as a quarterback, You've got to know how to appropriately gap escape. If it's a C-gap pressure, you escape this way. If it's a B-gap pressure, you escape that way. That's a whole other hour clinic to go through all that stuff. D-gap pressure, you escape another way. But you you have to escape appropriately because if you get pressure, let's just call that a bad situation. 
We just got pressure. It's a bad situation. Well, if you if you escape incorrectly, now you're making a bad situation worse. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. And so we can't do that at the quarterback position. You've got to escape pressure correctly. But in a lot of instances, and in this instance, there is no pressure. So now he's escaping out over the top this direction when there is no pressure, you see it all the time where the right tackle can get called for holding because now this defensive end will skate down a lot of scrimmage and the right tackle is going, wait a minute, what the heck's going on? My quarterback's supposed to be sitting there back there by my butt, but he's escaping out over here and he doesn't even know it. Same thing with DJ Campbell. DJ Campbell's got his guy stonewalled at the line of scrimmage, but as soon as Quinn starts coming this direction on a gap escape, DJ, this the three techniques start skating this direction. And DJ Campbell's going, wait, what's going on now? You know, he's supposed to be sitting back there by my butt too. And so there was no pressure. There's no need to escape out over the top like he's escaping out over the top. Sit in the pocket. You don't like what you see here. Let's go back to the backside. So from a gap escape standpoint, that's number one. Number two, pre-snap, he knows it's either cover three or cover one because there's a, it's a one safety look, all right? which would have told me I'm not even going to look this direction. I'm going up, I'm looking up top. Based on cover three, I know I'm going to the weak flats. You see the one guy standing up there at the top of the 30-yard line. That's the weak flat defender. You've got him two-on-one. Between the back and JT Sanders, you've got him two-on-one, and then you've got the receiver on the 40-yard on the line at the top fixing to dig inside, so now you have another outlet. So pre-snap read, understanding where to go with the football based on coverage and coverage weaknesses. That's what we always talk. What's the weakness of the coverage? Well, if it's cover three, the weakness of the coverage is the weak flat. In this case, the weak flat is up top. That's where we're going with the football. So he didn't look that direction. He stayed this side. He didn't like what he saw this side. So then he he, he incorrectly gap escapes over the top, and then he ends up slipping and, and falling, you know, for a zero-yard gain or whatever it was. It ends up becoming fourth down. And then we didn't convert our fourth down. If he sits in the pocket, he's got no pressure, looks where he's supposed to look, we're going to have a big play up there somewhere between the 30, 35, 40-yard line, and we might even have a receiver running down the field for a touchdown. I mean, if we throw it to JT Sanders right there and that corner's chasing the receiver up top, who's going to tackle him? He, he's going to hit his head on the goalpost like he did later in the game. Yeah, so the question for you, is this just Quinn getting having – is this the definition of happy feet in some level? Yes. He 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 wasn't comfortable. He wasn't comfortable with not having pressure. Um, maybe he he knew he went to the wrong side initially and he and he panicked, happy feet, escaped out over the top. There's there's no need to escape here. That pot you can't have a cleaner, he will not have a cleaner pocket than that than what he's got right there the rest of the year. That is a clean pocket. Sit in there and let's and let's Deal the football. 
Got it. All right. Uh, speaking with Brian Irwin, uh, former head football coach uh, at uh, Lamarck High School, as well as four other head, four, uh, three other yeah. schools around the state of Texas uh, in his high school career. Um, Brian, you know, we look at that and we talk about it, but it's hard to actually think about it. This was his very first series, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he hadn't been hit at all this year yet because, you know, they don't hit the quarterback in, in uh, right. scrimmage work. Right. What were your thoughts uh, as far as Quinn overall? You said he did some nice things as well. What were some of those that you really liked? I thought his intermediate throws were outstanding. I thought his RPO throws were outstanding. And I thought he scrambled uh, when, when when it didn't look like it should have looked. And he, he felt uh, things open up and he, and he took off and ran, got eight yards, 10 yards, whatever it was. He moved the chains. He moved the chains with his feet. He moved the chains with his intermediate throws and his RPO throws. He, he Quinn's a great quarterback. We just got to clean this stuff up because this is this is not championship level, and I'm I'm sure that's what the coaches are are, are harping on him, and and he's got to he's got to be clean. We can't make a bad situation worse. Let's 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 do what we're supposed to do. Let's look where we're supposed to look. If we got pressure, let's escape correctly. If we don't have pressure, sit back there and pat that thing all day long like a seven on seven game until somebody comes open. One more play we want to show is a fourth and one. Uh, later in the contest, uh, Texas was only one of three on fourth downs. Uh, two of them are one of them was a run. Uh, this one here, the, the first one obviously came right after that third and three where uh, it was an ill-timed pass to J- JT Sanders went incomplete. This one, it, it comes in the uh, second quarter and they tried Jonathan Brooks up the middle here. A lot of people think Adonai Mitchell and Gunnar Helm missed their blocks. What did you see here, Coach, that was maybe a little different? Uh, yeah, and, and, and Matt, I don't know if you can zoom in there, but uh, i tell you what. The what First look, when I watched the play, I'm like, okay, we're running inside zone to the, to the right-hand side because I see our tight end on the left, zone off inside. Um, you know, I see, I see uh, JT cut across. Like, he's going to slice across the formation. Um, JT's the the – innermost slot right there. He's going to go across the formation. His job is to block the first thing outside the right tackle's butt as he comes across there to, to slice any any kind of penetration right there. So the back's hitting it downhill. Um, we're hammering that thing up in there. We end up turning the stand-up nine technique just outside of Gunnar Helm. The stand-up nine technique, is his left foot's on the red line right there. We end up turning him scot-free. Nobody blocks him, okay? And – First thought, you're like, okay, that's A.D. Mitchell's guy because our tight end, he, he steps down inside, our left tackle steps down inside, our, right, our left guard steps down inside, and then also the right side steps down inside from, from their right to left. So it's, it's almost like a, a, a wedge type of play, okay? And that's basically what it is because all the linemen are wedging down inside, taking care of the A gap, the B gap, and, and then hopefully the C gap with, with the tight end on this side. And JT Sanders on the other side when he slices across. Well, we end up turning this stand-up nine technique loose, which on paper AD Mitchell's responsible for him, but AD can't make that block. That's just not—it's not possible. We've got to take care of the guys on the line of scrimmage. I see one, two, three, four, five guys on the line of scrimmage. In my opinion, we have to take care of them. We—we we have six, seven eight guys roughly on our line of scrimmage, okay, that can make those blocks. 
we, we've got to take care of the five guys on the line of scrimmage. We can't turn someone scot free. We end up turning free this the stand up nine technique. There's no way A.D. Mitchell can make that block. Now, I don't I don't mind the play. The play's the play's solid. I think I will, I'd rather see the back instead of standing in pistol seven yards from the line of scrimmage as we wedge block this thing in. I'd rather see him standing right beside the quarterback on the snap of the ball, just hitting it. I mean, hitting it and bombing the A gap, bombing the center's butt fast. And if he does that, this stand-up nine technique can't make the play. He doesn't have time to get to that spot fast enough if we're if we're banging it in there real fast on a dive play. But because our tailback's seven yards deep, he's got the opportunity to to turn the edge, make that play because he's unblocked. So um, I, I like to see an adjustment with the back, move him up, get him closer to the to the quarterback, snap of the ball, man, it's bang, bang. We're, we're, we're diving that thing up in there. We wedge block it, and, and we go. But to ask A.D. Mitchell to get this, I know he took a lot of heat by, by a lot of people. I, I, there's not a receiver in the world that can make that block um, consistently. He has no leverage on the guy. Football's a game of leverage. It's a game, it's a game of angles and leverages. He doesn't have leverage on that nine technique. That nine technique is inside of him. He, he He's not prepared to have the leverage to root him out, dig him out. And uh, therefore, that guy penetrates, makes makes the play on the block. So let's get the back moved up. Let's get him standing right beside the quarterback, snap the ball. He hits he hits it down. He'll right behind the center's butt. We hand it off, and, and we move the change right here. All right. Uh, speaking with Brian Irwin uh, in our edition of Lunch with the Coach, uh, Brian, I, I want to say thank you to our sponsor one last time. And then I ask you one more question. Uh, our sponsor, obviously, is Laura Baker. She's a realtor with Keller Williams in the Austin area. If you're looking to move to, from, or within uh, the Austin city limits or even anywhere around Syntex, uh, give Laura a shout at 512-784-0505 or shoot her an email, laura at andyallenteam.com. Uh, we appreciate her and her sponsorship, long-term sponsorship now of Lunch with the Coach, as well as on Texas football uh, as well. All right, uh, Brian, uh, last uh, question that I really want to uh, grab you on, I guess, if I could. If I could. Texas wins 37 to 10. A lot of people disappointed in that, okay? How much do you think Sark left in the gas tank for Alabama? Like, you know, Sark in his post-game press conference specifically said this team needs to win games different ways and sometimes we need to win it just by being ourselves and mm-hmm. sharing the ball with a bunch of different people and getting the ball down the field. I took that to mean is I left plenty of arrows in the quiver. That's mm-hmm. what I heard when I when mm-hmm. I listened to him. Is that what you think happened as a coach that's been in that sort of situation, albeit on the high school level comparatively? Mm-hmm. Um, no, not not from the standpoint of were, were we ready to play? Uh, did we did we throw everything that we that we could possibly throw at them? I guarantee you Sark was trying to score 70. I guarantee you we win that game thinking, you know, if we can score 50, 60, what, 70, I mean, that's 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 a little bit uh, facetious. But uh, we, we we should have been ready to play, okay? It's game one. I know we got Alabama the next week, but it's game one. We're going after this thing. As a coach, we're not going to take anybody for granted. Um, I, I think I think Sunday through, through Saturday morning, we prepared 100% for Rice. I would, I would be completely shocked if we didn't comp- com- 
prepare 100% for rice. Um, we had plenty of time in, in fall camp in the spring to, to get our Alabama game plan in place. I, I promise you that happened. So we, we gave Rice our undivided attention. There's no doubt in my mind. I, I, I didn't coach – I probably coached rough, roughly 200 football games. Not one time did I prepare for another opponent the week I was playing another opponent. Uh, you, you, we've got to give him our undivided attention. Now, did we take more shots – than he normally would. Yeah, I, I think we did. Did we do some things in there that that might have been a little bit more unconventional? Sure. Um, but I, I don't think for one second we we overlooked Rice. And, and we weren't giving Rice our, our undivided attention. So um, are there more? So, so, but my point there is not so much that whether or not they overlooked him. He left, he left some things undone essentially, right, for, yeah. for Alabama. I'm not saying things are going to be dramatically different because he did yeah. so, but I don't know, know. there's, there's I mean, some gamesmanship in there a little bit, right? There is, but on fourth and one against Rice, we need to go get it. We need to go get it. There's no, there's no gamesmanship there. Go get it. When this is Texas. This is Rice. We're getting, we need one yard. Go get it. Uh, the play that he, he he designed for Jonathan Brooks out of the backfield, we've seen versions of that, right, with, with Bijan, and we've seen versions of those plays. That was that was a red zone, strategic red zone play that, that he dialed up perfectly, and John Brooks just got to catch it and walk in the end zone. Um, so did he strategize to, 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 to his best to beat Rice? Yeah, he did. Uh, are there are there other plays, other schemes, other other quivers? Yeah, I mean it's there's more there, no doubt. There's more there, but we've got to convert on third down. We've got to get the fourth and one. We got to catch the ball, the deep ball. If it's underthrown or thrown out of bounds or, or overthrown or dropped, that's that's on us. You know, we we've got to we've got to execute those. We've got to complete those plays and um, and. Prove that we can do it. Yep. All right. Uh, putting it on the players. I, I, I took a one one uh, one quote out of here that you said, Brian, that I liked a lot. Winning is not boring. <laughs> you always have a good a good quote or two in the yeah. in the during these. Yeah. All right, uh, Brian. That's going to do it for this week. Uh, you're going to join us at, on one of these live streams today. All right, not today, but uh, one of these live streams this week. Look mm -hmm. forward to that happening as well. All right, for Brian Irwin, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks also. Uh, to Laura Baker, our sponsor. This has been Lunch with the Coach.